Apparently we're live. Hello and welcome to the WH Aftershock NJPW Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1. That's the first time I've said the title of this show just by literally reading it <laughs> in front of me. Felt weird. <laughs> uh, I am joined by this uh, late morning, uh, uh, evening lunchtime for me. Or if you are one of the crazy Americans, as is my guest <laughs> today. Uh, I don't want to say get co-host, co-host, as we do uh, AEW and NJPW together quite often enough. I say we're at co-host point now. Uh, Jan from Kingdom of Honor, welcome again to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hey everybody, how's it, how's it going? Six o'clock in the morning here in Central Time in, in Minnesota. My wife will be getting up for work in about half an hour and shaking her head at me like I'm crazy because I am, you know. <laughs> uh, I just realised a lot of different things. Uh, things I haven't realised. One, I've not turned on my charger, so that's, you know, because I do this off my laptop, so that would have been bad. And two, I'm wearing my Wrestling Headlines t-shirt, but I had my hoodie over the top of it, so that defeats the point of Calvin sending them me. <laughs> so there we go. I can have... I've, yeah. Brand I become. <laughs> I've got the Wrestling Headlines t-shirt. Uh, anyway, yes, this is uh, the Vessel Kingdom 15 Night 1 review. It finished about... I mean, I came off Kota Ibushi talking, so I don't know when he actually finished, but he was talking about five minutes ago. <laughs> so it's it's that recent, that's how quickly we're doing this. Because uh, most of our listeners are in, like, post later in the time. So I just thought I'd bring that up. But we have just finished watching Tetsu United vs. Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and Intercontinental Championships. Uh, before that was Okada versus Osprey uh, and a whole slew of matches. Uh, but as we do normally with these reviews... Talk about our overall impressions before going into the one-on-one matches. So, first of all, Jan, what did you make of night one of Wrestle Kingdom 15? You know, Jeff and I, Jeff and I previewed these shows a little bit yesterday. Um, and, you know, one thing he said was that looking at some of the card, it, you know, it looked like a lot of filler on there, especially like, Oka- like the Great Okan versus Toshi Tanahashi and the uh the rambo match and the um the uh kojima versus kenta match and unfortunately i think he was kind of right about that <laughs> it didn't it you know this this uh this did not really feel like a wrestle kingdom show to me um just because it did feel like you know they just had okan on there for something for Tanahashi to do and um, you know Kojima was in a big time match for the first time in I don't know how many years um, and I and I did and I did you know I do realize now because I, I didn't know at the time that we talked about it originally that um, it's because Juice was out but still it feels like they could have put you know somebody else in there that's more relevant to the current landscape in that match so I don't know it didn't um, you know unfortunately to me it did not feel like Wrestle Kingdom until really we got to the final two matches yeah, I feel like uh, the it's one of those shows where you could feel the pandemic effect on it, where uh, like a lot of those lower card spots, quite often you'll get foreign talent kind of filling in around there, uh, especially that's when you'd get like back in the day, the Ring of Honor match, <laughs> back when that was a thing. It's really weird to think that was a, like a staple of New Japan was your Ring of Honor title match on the card. Mm-hmm. But that's where they would go just to add a bit of intrigue uh, and the matches often like showcases, so they were normally very good. But uh, they even referenced, like, the last time Kojima was in a singles match on a Wrestle Kingdom card was for the NWA Championship against Rob Conway <laughs> in a match. I was like, oh, yeah, forgot that happened. <laughs> that was 
it's been that long. I think that was 2013, I want to say. So it's it's been a while. And his final match was, you know, solidly kind of, it's past his era kind of thing. He's there as a really trusted, like, veteran legend name more than he is a guy to be the main event man anymore. And uh, this, it felt like a last minute replacement kind of thing, which it literally was. <laughs> like, who's got some gusto behind them, but uh, I guess it isn't a young dude that would be sacrificed to Kenta. Because I'm assuming Juice was going to win, uh, possibly, and then Kenta, because they both got the massive history with Moxley, and then Juice gets injured, what do you do to that? We could go more into it when we get to that match. But I am kind of with you. I was talking about it with uh, Sir Sam from uh, Besting Headlines as well, uh, just during the show, where it was like, well, the aura of the show certainly was unique, but I felt like there were enough people, because somebody posted a meme of uh, the fans in the Thunderdome, saying, like, wish you were here, and it's the Wrestle Kingdom fans just all live, having a happy time. <laughs> it's just yeah, the two differences right now. But the, because yeah, I think there was, because there's initially word there'd only be like 2,000, if not 4,000. And I feel right, the last I heard during the week was about 11. So they got a proper crowd in, which is like a really good thing. I feel like that really did help the uh, the size of the crowd. Uh, so in terms of visual, it helped. I guess in terms of atmosphere, at least they there was enough bodies to soak up sound. So it was a bit more echoey than we used to, but it wasn't overwhelmingly so, I think I'd say. And you got the visuals of the crowd where they're doing the entrances and all of that. But of the, the big one is no cheering. I feel like just the clapping is never going to be the same. You're never going to get that. And uh, that's yeah, it's going to leave it just in that way for whenever they can return. You're not going to get uh, that amazing Wrestle Kingdom atmosphere when you can't cheer. When you can't do that. And I feel like, yeah, that's going to be obviously like a bit of a gentleman until they are able to have that there. But uh, like the main event, they showed it where they were doing the different claps and things. Like my favourite part in terms of the fan interaction was during the main event where they're doing the strike exchanges and they'd clap <laughs> in time with it. So it was like there was just this thunderous applause after they did a move. So it was like a thunder strike, like a bang, 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 bang. <laughs> so I really liked yep. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yep. Uh, so there are positives about it. They have found work of it, workarounds for it. It's just obviously the atmosphere is not going to be the same. At Wrestle Kingdom, the crowds get so hot in those final stages that it really adds to it. It takes it up another star level. <laughs> That's where you get your six from. <laughs> it's, it's a five star match, and then the crowd takes it up on. But uh, without that, the matches are still really good. So there's no complaints there. It's yeah, obviously just a bit of a shame that uh, the atmosphere is a bit died down. Obviously, we all know why bigger things at play. Wrestling, really not that serious right now. <laughs> it's just a nice distraction. The fact this happened with over 10,000 there is is a thing. It's remarkable. That's uh, awesome. I say awesome for Japan. Yeah, outside context, things aren't looking great for Japan right now. Their numbers are going up, but they're able to pull off this show. Assumably, right before new rules are about to come in. So we got very lucky with these two shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think um, you're definitely right about that. I mean, the the crowd, you know, is where it didn't have the noise, but but if you actually look at the way that they that they shot it, it's hard mm. to tell that this isn't a full crowd. <laughs> You know, because because they 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 shot it so well that you know you're looking and it looks like the whole thing is packed, but it, you know there's just like there's not like a lot of people in, in the rafters and stuff, which you don't really notice until you like look really really hard. 
So I think they did a good job making it look like a full house, even though it couldn't be, and it's not going to be for a while, and it doesn't sound that way, you know? Yeah. Because they they, they shot it so... Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, and... and I, I don't know. I mean, I just... I, I really feel like they're better off having one Wrestle Kingdom show a year rather than the two they've they've now started doing. And I don't you know I, and I doubt that they would have done a second show this year if it wasn't for the pandemic. Mm. But um I really hope that they go back in the future to doing just on January fourth where they can have a, a really solid show where it's just like, you know, straight great match after great match after great match rather than having what you know, some matches under this that really it feels like they're stretching things. Yeah, um, I, I kind of got that last year as well, where the undercard didn't have that same oomph that it has. And uh, when we get to Hiramu's match, that's a, there's a fly going towards my coat, go away. <laughs> but with the yeah, with Hiramu's match, where you feel like it's like it's a setup for the next thing. And I got mm-hmm. that with I want to say uh, who, I was going to say Tanahashi Okan as well, but that's not quite right. There was one earlier on. Where I got that feeling, but it felt more like a setup going for maybe a bigger thing next time, or maybe interactions between the two later on down the line. I don't really know. It's a yeah, it felt like a setup thing. I think that I, th- I think I said something similar last year, where the lower card felt a bit setupy. It didn't feel as incredible, but your final two or three matches on both nights really hit home. And on this one, obviously. Okada, Osprey, and uh, Tana, and Naito versus Ibushi both really, really hit. As in, as soon as uh, Okada, Osprey ended, it's like we're at Wrestle Kingdom. Like it, it's like mm-hmm. nothing's different. <laughs> we are here, right? Yeah. Right, and that's and that's the thing is that you know the, it used to feel like you know every match on the card was huge, mm. and now it feels like the last you know two or three maybe are are huge. And this the, you know I, I think tomorrow I'm going to feel differently because tomorrow we've got you know those. Just like back to back to back, like you know, greatness. We've got like Cobb versus mm. um, Shingo, and then we've got Evil versus Naito, which is going to be, you know, it's just going to be a huge grudge match the way that that um, Sonata's been lately. Mm. And we've and, and then we've, we're going to get Hiromu in his big match against um, uh, against Bone Soldier, and then, and then we're going to get that that big um, as we've got like, Jay Cobb match versus Kota Ibushi. You know, so I, I think tomorrow night we're going to get you know, a series of... I think it's going to feel more like Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow night. Yeah, that's a... I tried to remember last year, because um, obviously there was Hiramu Osprey on night one, and there was Okada versus Ibushi on night one. But uh, for night two... Of course I did. I'm an idiot. I forget it was a double championship stuff. <laughs> I, was like, I swear there was a match I'm forgetting that helped lift it up. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, which... They had those, because it's that thing of the old Wrestle Kingdom card where as soon as the Never title came out, you're like, right, here we go. Final four or five matches, this is business. And it's just going to amp up and up and up as the card goes on. Uh, that I don't really get that feeling with from these cards. It doesn't feel like, as you put it, like back-to-back, wall-to-wall, incredible matches. But uh, part of that for me as well was that the card did build up, though. It wasn't um, every match trying to steal the show. It was, no, there was a gradual build of quality throughout the mm-hmm. card. And when you got to your main event, that's when you're getting your Omega Okadas. Uh, and you, like earlier on, you got Ishii versus Shibata, which is, again, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but it built from there. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was... I feel like that's gone a bit. That doesn't mean the main events don't slap. Because they do. <laughs> They're still amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to go back and watch these matches. 
Uh, it's just, well, the question is, would I go back and fully watch both Wrestle Kingdom nights in the future? I've not done that with last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Obviously, this year, not normal. I'm not really sure if it's fair to analyse that. But with uh, yeah, with last year's Wrestle Kingdom, I've gone back and I've checked out the big main events, but I've not gone back and just like put the show on, which I have done with other Wrestle Kingdoms in past years. So maybe that maybe that's like says it for me. What it like overall as a show, uh, kind of the detriment of the two days, but you still get flipping amazing matches. So yeah, all right. Shall we get into it? We shall. We shall. Before Jan falls asleep, <laughs> I feel like it's wise if we get into it. Right, so the main event, we'll start with the main event as I've got the graphic up already for it. It was uh, Tetsuya Naito defending against Kota Ibushi for the double championships. And as Rocky Romero said right at the start, as, as Kota Ibushi was making his way down, I think, saying that the ringside medics will be keeping a close eye on this one because both these men are psychopaths. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> <laughs> I just as we were coming out, the Tokyo Dome main event atmosphere was just in the air. Uh, the phrase "put your neck out" never more misinterpreted as they started with a high suplex on the ramp, <laughs> and like uh, just like last year, Abushi becoming progressively more violent with his strikes, and you pair that with Nekageddon, and you have a recipe for disaster. Arguably, though, I say like because um, Abushi did an amazing head scissors counter off the apron. Uh, that was like an ex- um, uh, an amazing explosive uh, show of athleticism, uh, but like a couple minutes later, they hit quite possibly the two's safest super poison rana they've done, <laughs> which meant it still looked amazing, but no one was close to dying. <laughs> so for them, <laughs> I was going to say like when they did their big spots they've done before in the past, it was arguably their safest of the lot, <laughs> but. Uh, maybe that's just on the night they clicked. So therefore, they weren't accidentally mucking it up and making it more dangerous than it needed to be. Uh, but yeah, throughout the course of the match, some really awesome spots. And obviously, second half, Ibushi switches to no nonsense. And I like that Naito kind of did the same, where more often than not, you'll see him kind of maybe slow it down to then then explode after the Tranquillo. But in this, he kind of stayed with Ibushi, like no faff reversing into a Destino. Just obviously unable to hit that full wind-up version, which got countered again and again and again. And uh, next, and they got some awesome moments with the crowd clapping their darndest to wake the two back up to their feet. And uh, turning to a war of strikes as the two clobbered each other. Uh, Ibushi even nailed Naito with the Kamigoye to no avail. Uh, the Phoenix rose, and I like this as a little callback to Naito Okada, where the Phoenix rose to hit the splash. However, Naito's learnt that lesson from his own personal past and counters it and hits a running Destino for a really close fall. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, New Japan, storytelling and remembering things, not treating us like idiots. <laughs> it's all still there. I really like it. Um, the two again entering the exchange, which is where I got awesome thunder claps and a uh, Naito having one more burst to stop Ibushi was pulling his knee pad down in desperation to just end Naito. He drops Ibushi with a high brain buster and set up for the Destino, but he was caught on Ibushi's shoulders, wriggled out, but no avail as Ibushi met him with a high knee. He got knocked loopy as the knee pad was down. Naito tried to get up, but Kota struck again with the Kamagoye, this time without a knee pad for the win. Kota Ibushi is the new double champion. Uh, and uh, well, first of all, what did you yeah, make of the match that I've just ran through? Uh, what did you make of the main event? You know, it's it's always ever since um, 
their feud two years ago, it's scary when these guys get in the ring with each mm. other. <laughs> you know, the, we, you know, we, uh, you know, we've seen them do like back suplexes from the apron on each other and stuff, and it just. I, I was a little bit afraid coming in here and, and we, you know, we saw a little bit, you know, we saw that her and Karana off the apron. We saw the suplex where um, Ibushi's neck bounced off the um, the guardrail on the outside. But then, like you said, like once I get back at the ring, then they were probably as as safe as they've, as they've been in quite a while. Um, and I, and I really, and I really, really um, enjoyed what was going on here. Um, I, it got to the point at the end of the match where I was like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> when, when, uh, you know, when with the two kickouts of the Kamagoi by Naito, and I'm like, "Is he? Is this really ever going to end?" You know, and then, and then finally, like you said, he hit that. He hit the running knee strike, basically, the, like the B trigger, and then he hits it. Goes right into the the knee padless Kamagoi, and finally, we've we've got the new champ. Um, yeah, it, it was it was really really good, and um, you know it's it's hard for me you know to put this up there with the last few years main events, um, but it's but it it was still really cool, um, really good, and you know I think I think like you said earlier, like with the it's tough to rate it because of the of the crowd this year, um, but you know still a great match and a great moment for Kota Ibushi and, and so cool as you know, a wrestling fan to see him finally ascend to the top of the, of the, of the world right now. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, obviously it's only for one night because it's switchblade o'clock motherfuckers. <laughs> there goes the advertising. <laughs> um, <laughs> was that worth scrapping the YouTube advertisement money? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was a fair trade, uh, but yeah, the, uh, after the match as well, I thought was a nice, I want to say sell, uh, but Ibushi knocked Loopy, went over for the cover. Immediately, I'm like, that doesn't feel like a sell. That feels like a bit of a thing, <laughs> thing to uh, definitely check up on. Uh, but he went for the cover after his music had been playing for a while already and uh, slowly made his way to his feet afterwards as oh. Red Shoes Umino kind of like turned into a conductor of sorts and moving everything along. Uh, everything after that was smooth. His speaking to the crowd was nice and... Uh, eloquent, eloquently put from what I saw. Yeah, so, uh, not the kind of thing where obviously you see that you go, oh wait, is he been concussed or something? And he's he's meant to wrestle tomorrow. Is that, is that that's not good? But the way he then spoke afterwards, like, oh you you flipping, <laughs> you're not not <laughs> cheeky selling, Kota, <laughs> cheeky selling. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, Umino turned into conductor and tried to give him the belts. Naito pushed Red Shoes away and snuck snatched the titles back so he could hand them. To Ibushi in a show of respect, uh, he's the one to pass them over before Jay White came out. <laughs> Jay White <laughs> just ran him down. Obviously, it's Jay White o'clock, Switchblade o'clock. He's going to be snatching those titles tomorrow night in the main event. And after, after a match as good as this one was, it's difficult not to get hyped for what is to come to follow. And uh, yeah, Switchblade o'clock. <laughs> Do you, in terms of like predictions and things, are you behind? Like white winning, or you just you just want to see good wrestling. Um. Well, first of all, I I really I really love the end of the match with the mm. you know with, with uh, and I and I I'm glad you, that you brought that up with, um, with Kota covering Naito again. I, he kind of like woke up. He looked. He's like, oh, he's down. I should cover him. 
and then he, and then he covers him, and then you know Red Shoes pulls him off, and then Naito kind of wakes up, and like Naito's like, oh man, I lost the title again. So <laughs> that was that was really cool. Um, but um, but secondly, uh, I am not really. I really don't want to see just a one-day reign, I guess, for Ibushi <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so, so, so I really hope what he said, you know, you know, he said the end, he was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to only hold the title for one day, you know, comes true. I mean, I, I do like Jay White quite a bit, and I do think, he, you know, he, he was going to have his time, but I'm not sure that it should be the night after Kota finally ascends to the, to the top of the mountain. And, and I think White's beat him like three straight times now, too, so... Mm. Um, so I, I do think it's time for Abusha to kind of get that comeuppance on him as well. Yeah, I I do agree. Uh, I'll put it in the predictions column where I feel like Abushi is winning both nights. However, Jay White won me over so much during the G1 Climax that I'm giving his moment in the sun. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he... I feel like the break has done something where he's come back with so much vigour and I've really enjoyed all of his character work and everything since he's returned. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the moment. It, I doubt it'll be tomorrow. Uh, really, tomorrow I'm watching to see if he can step up and follow what was given tonight. Because, of course, last year we got Okada versus Naito, which is like the two biggest stars of this generation, or at least the generation that's moving on to whatever this next one is. Uh, can Jay White step up to that level? I don't think he's, he's not had the platform before to get to this level. So it's going to be quite interesting to see if he can do it. As in, like, why not now? It is in the middle of a pandemic. You don't need to fill out the stadium because you you can't. So why not give uh, Jay White this big moment to then lift him up? Uh, yeah, but yes, an amazing main event on this one. 100% Vessel Kingdom worthy main event, which is just fantastic to see. The the pandemic didn't make them half arse it, if anything. They've generally gone out there giving you a Vessel Kingdom. So right. thanks for that, <laughs> Gado and everyone else. Uh, well, we, we will go through the rest of the card, but... Let's talk about the semi-main event first. Let's get the good matches. I say the good matches. The big matches out of the way to begin with because it is Wrestle Kingdom. Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. The two former Chaos friends now. The Empire leader uh, versus the Rainmaker. Uh, Will Ospreay in his biggest match of his career. The, I guess, a semi-headline match for the Wrestle Kingdom event. And they went out there and gave us over 35 minutes. And uh, put out a tweet just saying... The fact that I thought it'd been 15 or 20, and then they were like, we've just passed the 35-minute mark. <laughs> and even commentary were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> 35 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> like for me, that exemplifies how good a match it was. It just suckered me in to that level. And as I explained to Jan beforehand, that my body's been not very nice to me today. So I've been in and out of the show in terms of concentration. But yeah, even I, in, the, in this match, was just taken away <laughs> and just fully suckered into it. Uh, before I get into the run-by of it, uh, Jan, what did you uh, make? Uh, what were your feelings towards this match? Honestly, this is kind of, this is kind of like where my body started rebelling against me too, and I started kind of getting <laughs> kind of dozy and and stuff during. I mean, oh, yeah. it was yeah, it was it was it was really good. Um, it wasn't as good as the main event, of course, but it was it was really good. Um, it was nice to see Okada finally pull out the Rainmaker. I I hate that damn money clip. Mm. So, <laughs> so it was finally you know it was nice to see him finally win, win with the uh, with the Rainmaker. Um, Osprey. Uh, it was interesting to see him wrestle a more heavyweight type of style, and, and I kind of like that for him going forward. You know, encompassing some of the stuff he does as a as a junior but um but still 
you know, at a more heavyweight, more methodical, more um, quote unquote cheaty style. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun to see, to fun to see him in that spot. And I, and um, you know, I, I think it was a, I think it would have been a nice moment for Will to, to beat Okada here, but at the same time, um, you know, how many times is Okada going to lose on the big stage? Yeah. 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 Because um, when I really struggled writing the preview for this one, uh, uh, again uh, the column is out on uh, wrestle um, on wrestling headlines. <laughs> I've got the t-shirt on. I always want to say the yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say lots of pain. I guested on the One Nation Radio podcast uh, this weekend. I can't remember it's going to live, and I did it again. <laughs> I was like, it's on the t-shirt. I can see it on the screen. <laughs> I keep saying lots of pain. Um, hopefully, this will help me <laughs> if I'm lucky. Every time I look at myself, I see the website name. Uh, but so are yeah. we not, is, it, is it not Lord's Opinion anymore? No, it's WrestlingHeadlines.com, he says, certainly. That's definitely com. <laughs> yes, dot com. Yeah. Uh, but with, right. with um, yeah, the column is up, and in that I really struggled with this match. I did put Okada first. I might have gone with Osprey second. Because my theory was Osprey would have the biggest match of his career, put in an amazing performance, really get elevated, but he'll just lose to then climb up later. Because... New Japan like that. They won't give their new stars the win all the time. Often, like Jay White, he lost his big breakout match against Tanahashi, then gets his wins later on. Like progressively gets over after a big showcase. And I felt like that was gonna be this was gonna be that for Will Ospreay. Uh, I think I went back on my choice because I thought, oh, but Okada's had a really weird year, <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise me if they cap off the weird year with an Osprey win. Uh, but of course, yes, yeah, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. Even if he's had a weird year, that doesn't mean he's like not going to be Okada at Wrestle Kingdom because, of course, he is. I think the only man to catch him has been Jay White. Ever like everyone else, it's been you've had to be like super main event level to break him down, like Naito. So I feel like that says something. Uh, but yeah, exactly. So in terms of like the play by, I won't do. I don't do play by play by play. But I'll, the notes that I have got, uh, the match kicked off with fast strikes between the two. I love the animosity fully on display right off the bat. Uh, Okada, the what? Really, for me, that's telling me that the match is going to be something different than like Hiromu versus Osprey last year, which was an amazing showcase of the two. But I wouldn't say there's like animosity between them or anything. There isn't much uh, character cl- characters clashing or anything. This match was a lot more of that. And I personally loved it more the more for it. Uh, Okada, the one as well, to kip up, kip up into the topes. He was the one initiating athleticism. It's like, yes, really nice twist. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, pulling out all of the stops with moves we don't often see him pull off. Again, topeing over the top rope to the outside. Don't often see that from Okada. Like, Osprey was still right. flashy, uh, but he was a lot less showman than he was before. Uh, I feel like that, and that really helps sell this Empire character personally. His uh, his offense more direct and purposeful. Again, you still got the flash. It is Osprey. <laughs> I'm not saying he wasn't flashy, uh, but I did notice a notice a notable difference. That's a crap sentence, but you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> that said, he was up against the man with the best drop kicks in the business. Okada's drop kicks. Jesus, is there anyone better? No, and and and, you know, and he even pulled out. You know, talking about pulling off the stops, he even pulled out a top rope mm. um, shotgun drop kick this time. Mm. And we haven't seen him do that in how many years now? <laughs> yeah, it was great because uh, I remember that as the in the Kenny Omega matches where it was, oh my god, another drop kick counter, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they got an amazing reaction from you every time. So it's great to see those return. And uh, the pace of this match really kicked up in the second half. 
like wrestling in bursts of like junior-esque pace at times, leading to some crazy, I guess more brawl-like spots. Uh, the ringside exchange with Osprey desperately trying to counter Okada tombstoning him onto the exposed floor with a suplex onto one of the tables on the other side of the barricade. <laughs> I, I love the teasing of that because I'm watching it going, neither of those spots is good. <laughs> Which one are they going to do? <laughs> Uh, so obviously yeah and that, and that was also the spot that got that will's ego got the better of him because he because mm. you know if he had just rolled into the ring he would have beaten okada by count out but that wasn't good enough yeah yeah he had he had he had to uh put on uh when i say the showman he had to demonstrate get himself yeah so really end him visibly because uh, that's what it was all about really for osprey in this match and i like that they kept to that and <laughs> didn't break from the story mm-hmm. they told going in uh, but yeah, back in the ring, uh, Osprey's moves were hit with such force. <laughs> like, when he did roll him back in, he was violently slamming Okada down with the powerbomb. Before then going, right, I know what to do next. Let's hit a Stormbreaker off the apron. <laughs> okay. Which failed. And he went for an Ozcutter instead, which was caught. And the Brit dropped on his head with a tombstone on the apron, as Jan was saying. His ego costing him. He could have just won the match. But no, he had to roll Okada back into the ring and prove a point. Uh, both men down, and now came the real fight of this match. For what I thought was the final five, but I think we ended up with a final like 10-15 at this level, which is mental. Uh, immediately in with a short Rainmaker was Okada. Osprey fought back with kits, a kit with kicks, but there was Okada with that awesome dropkick countering him again and again. Uh, Kazu crashing Osprey down with uh, tombstones or, what, or whatever before continuously going for the money clip. Even using Bay Priestley as something to throw Will into before locking the hold back in. Uh, the story unfolding of Osprey being able to hit his big moves, but his signatures were countered first on so many attempts, like having to wear a card down before flying back in with another stab at the Oscutter. Uh, eventually, just stamping on the blonde lad's head and setting for the knocking for the knockout with the hidden blade. When the drop kick returns again. <laughs> And uh, as uh, Jan just noted on earlier, a pop-up Oscutter. Nope, the dropkick returns again. <laughs> just encountering everything. Uh, Osprey going for the ultimate insult with a tombstone, followed up by a Rainmaker himself. And that got our first audible gasp of the night. As like, how dare you, William? <laughs> and then he gets really close with it. Like, oh, crap. Uh, Okada still fighting out of the Stormbreaker at this late stage, 35 minutes in, and the Wrestle Kingdom fire continued to be something else. The back and forth uh, countering eventually reaching a point as Okada nailed the Rainmaker for the win. Hell of a match. And I tried to slim down and trim down those notes, but so much happened in such quick spans. There were so many awesome flows and things. Uh, Yeah, really, really good match. Yeah, and and you know, like like you said, every every time like it seemed like you know, and just like like you said, you get comparison to the Omega match. Every time Middle Kata looked like he was in trouble, you know, bam, drop kicks, um, Osprey out of a flashy move, <laughs> and uh, I I really like that that you know that exchange on the outside also where Okada went for the running, uh, big boot, and Osprey caught it, hit a running big boot of his own, then went for the then went for the um, Oscutter from the uh, barricade, and then Okada blocked it and dropped and did the shotgun drop kick there too. You know, it was just mm. some really great sequences in here. And there was another spot where um, Osprey went for was it a top rope um, 
Stormbreaker, and then Okada turned it into this the, into the uh, Heavy Rain. You know, there was there was a, a lot of great counter wrestling by Okada in this one. Yeah, uh, Vinny, and again, he's normally resting against. I mean, he has got a fantastic counter wrestling style, but when we've seen him against guys like Jay White, where they are like slowly becoming the counter masters, so we've, it's great to see Okada kind of wrestle this style again. That might be what reminded me of the Omega matches where he was the one doing the amazing counter style whilst against Jay White he's been very even or Jay White's the one doing the countering. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a, a nice little return, which is probably why he got all those drop kicks again, because he's the one doing the countering and he got amazing drop kick stuff. Uh, Will Ospreay, 100% elevated by this. Like this was, uh, again, semi-headline main event. I've seen way too many nouns there. <laughs> but it was a semi-headline match for Wrestle Kingdom. And it felt like a big match. And by the end of it, it's just like, yeah, really, really good match. I... I can't, uh, yeah, it's one of those ones where as soon as I finished watching, it's like, yeah, I'm fine to watch both of these guys continue to build to whatever the next thing is. They both feel really, both feel over <laughs> after this match, which is proof that they've nailed it, uh, where everyone seems to win. Yeah, so both the main events, 100% seek out and watch them. <laughs> they were both really, really good. Uh, we have got the rest of the show to go through now, quickly, before Jan falls asleep. <laughs> so, and we've got another one of these two tomorrow, so that'll be fun. So if yes. I can find the, gra- I, I think I think I'll more, I think I'll have more energy tomorrow. I really do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm gonna. I think I think it'll be like the last four or five matches just keep getting me pumped and pumped and pumped tomorrow night. So. <laughs> also, if you are watching on YouTube, not, not 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 sure about that KOPW, you know. Mm, well, yeah, that's we're, we're kicking off with King of Pro Wrestling tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but um, I would say if you are watching on YouTube, it's like, oh, imp, your lighting looks a bit weird. Yeah, because the sun has randomly appeared. Uh, it doesn't do that. In the, it's been cloud for like two months straight. <laughs> Suddenly, the sun has arrived right as I'm live. So I've got a massive spotlight on me. There's nothing I can do about it. There's no curtain <laughs> where the sun is or anything. So, I'm glad you clarified that because I was like, the sun doesn't randomly appear. It usually goes like in a continuous arc during the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Matt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, we've had. It's been like constant grey. Just for like two months, or and which has just been like, uh, it's good for Christmas tree lights because that means you can see them from an earlier hour. You can have them on like all day, uh, but still. Anyway, let's move on to Tanahashi versus Okan. Right, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Oh. It's January fourth. You actually still have your Christmas tree up? Oh, I, I took my Christmas tree down yesterday. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah. So because uh, I I normally do the twelve days before twelve. Rhaegar? Sorry. <laughs> I normally do the 12 days before, 12 days after thing for the Christmas decorations. Uh, and uh, this year I wasn't able to because on the houses there's being an extension built. And there was, I think, like a, a week before they put the Christmas tree down, or even just like a few days before we did it, uh, there was no floor. As in, the room was completely empty. So there was no floor to put the tree on. So I wasn't able to put it up until like the Friday before Christmas. It's like one week. Uh, so I hardly had the stuff up this year, <laughs> just because there's so much going on. Uh, yeah, so it's, the ha- house is so packed right now. Anyway, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Typical thing, typical thing in uh, you know traditionally here in the states mm. and and my family's always done is you know Thanksgiving you know, tree goes up the day after Thanksgiving goes down New Year's Day. Uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, my brother's married to a girl from Utah, and that's what she does. So at, at their apartment, yes, yeah, st- the decorations go up. Uh, on the flight, I think they do it like first of December or as soon after in that week, <laughs> that gap after. Uh, yeah, and they yeah. come down as soon as like December's finished. Down they come. 
It was like, oh, how is this like around Christmas to kind of like keep it solidly around Christmas? Uh, yes. Anyway, I feel like I'm, a, I'm going to a Christmas tangent. I'm a Christmas boy. I love Christmas. <laughs> but uh, move on to Tanahashi versus the Great Okan and uh, Okan's big first Wrestle Kingdom match. How did he do? I feel like he did all right, but it didn't feel like a Wrestle Kingdom match. And I think uh, Jan has hit on that already earlier in the sh- uh, when we're talking about the overall feelings of the show. Uh, but, but for me, uh, Tanahashi and Okan was a decent match, and Okan got a decent show to show what he can do, but not in a this is Wrestle Kingdom kind of capacity. It's a weird one. If this had been on New Beginning, I'd be like, yeah, this is great. Uh, but because it's Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as high as I saw a lot of people being, as because uh, on my Twitter feed. It was a lot of positivity for Okan showing. And I was like, yeah, he did do a decent showing, but I wasn't into it at that Wrestle Kingdom level. Yeah. So you, you I do exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly what you just said. I, you know, I, I, I thought it was a good match. I thought Okan did a nice job. Um, but I really feel like it was more like a spotlight for Tanahashi when he doesn't, when he doesn't need a spotlight at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... Yeah, I thought, yeah. Both again, both did a decent show. It's a weird one because I'm both praising it and then hit, and then knocking it down at the same time. <laughs> it's a weird one to try and review. Uh, I don't know if the crowd didn't help either because a lot about Tanahashi's like final bursts are about where they get the crowd behind him and that emotion. That's what's one of the things AJ Styles hit up on with Tanahashi. It's just that the way he suckers the crowd in and gets that emotion out of them, but there is no emotion they're allowed to convey. <laughs> so it's just a bit. Yeah. I, I I also think it's another one that was hurt by um, by COVID, just because I think mm. if Okan had had more time to come into the company and had established mm. more of a presence there, this would have meant more for for him and to the crowd. You know, whereas you know we've only seen him in one other singles match, and that was against Okada. So now, like his first two big moments, he loses to Okada, loses to Tanahashi. You know, rather than actually be able to come in and get some momentum against somebody. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a shame. I mean, he's he's. I feel like he's having good showings. Long term, he'll be fine. I think that's what this yeah. ma- this made me think of. It reminded me a bit of Jay White Tanahashi, uh, but because Jay White had had Tana had like no build, where he just turned up at Power Struggle, and everyone went, "Oh, it's not Chris Jericho, <laughs> it's Jay White," and he had that mini build that then went to. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom and it was there wasn't really much behind it when it happened and I feel like there's a similar feeling here where there was some build but there was a, wasn't that much to it uh, the match was fine <laughs> nothing that yeah. crazy so, yeah. yeah no and, and I would, I'd even say it was a good match it just it mm. just didn't do a lot for me mm. you know? yeah, I will quickly bash through my notes that I've got if I can bloody read them this sun is blinding <laughs> it's a, yeah, I will say the background behind me has turned to a solid black on my preview uh, but yeah, so I loved the sight of Tanahashi crawling down the ramp as Okan stood tall with his arms behind his back in the ring like a general in control. <laughs> I really, really like that. And he's the rookie, and that really just that one spot really lifted him for like up a few levels for me. Uh, Tanahashi fought back with his Wrestle Kingdom fire, but Okan had wisely worked damage to the knees, causing the ace to not be able to keep on launching. Our debut Empire competitor of the night going back to that well whenever he could. Uh, he, yeah, he came off as really smart. And that's that's something that, in terms of getting him over the course of time, that's like a really massive kind of uh, trait that he's accomplished from this match. And 
Uh, I loved his son of the Sling Blade too. Like rolling right over before going prone because he's dead. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, Tanahashi trying to increase the pace became his detriment at times. Okan playing a slow game and constantly going back to wearing Tana down. Uh, yanking the man off the top rope with the claw before trying to go for chair-related shenanigans. Which we never saw because of Tanahashi. Because that was where Tana fought back. Twist and shout, dragon suplex, hi-fi flow to the back and one for good measure to the front. And Okan's... Decent showing ends in a Tanahashi run of signatures. So, yeah, a good match. Which, <laughs> which feels quite tame in terms of takes and reviewing. Uh, but, yeah, a good match. Yeah, it was good. And, you know, and Tanahashi you know, probably deserves that spot on the card. I just, I just, I just am, am personally, I guess, to the point where I'm tired of Tanahashi. So. <laughs> Hmm. And I, I really, I really think they should stop teasing his his fall down the card and start actually showing him start falling down the card, putting people over on the way down, you know. <laughs> and then we really have not seen that other than maybe with Ibushi. Yeah, I don't know if he'll do it because Kojima had quite a slow descent himself. I don't know. I mean, talking of people who are like on top, the guys. Uh, I feel like Tanem might do that, where he drops down and has a random peak and then drops down again. Like, Kojima did that. It's like, suddenly he's main eventing against Tana and yeah, Versa Kingdom and things. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens with Tanahashi. Just, you know, without the heel turn. You don't turn Tanahashi heel. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to the next match, as I remember, I am on YouTube, so change the graphic. It's Kenta versus Kojima, as I just brought him up. How convenient. It's totally Kojima. Bread Club. Bread Club is life. Uh, I think in the preview, I was like, uh, I'm sorry, people, but... Uh, yeah, bread cup is life. Bread is life. Bread is hope. But Kenta's going to batter that man. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not winning. And no way in hell is Kojima winning. Uh, well, so, uh, in terms of this match, yeah, you know, you know, you know, before we talk about this match, maybe we should hmm. talk about the promo that happened before the match. Yes, yes, I was just about to lead into that. Yeah. So uh, John Moxley with a video before the match from the US dojo with a lion behind him, as in the picture of the lion. Uh, feels like a lifetime since we've seen Mox in a New Japan ring. If I'm like, the last time was against Suzuki at New Beginning. And Zack Sabre Jr. came out and everyone's like, oh, that's a good match. And we never got to see it. Yeah. But yeah, he's back. Yeah, excited to see, I say, I say, just seeing Mox in the middle of a New Japan ring, even if it's on the other side of the world. (laughs) But we got to see it. Uh, Do you feel like that really, that helps add like gravitas to this match? No, <laughs> because 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 yeah, he, he said he said you know whoever wins this one, you know I'm coming for you. Well, first of all, why are you coming for them when they're when you're the champion? And secondly, when, you know when mm. still because really they're they're getting to the point where they've been back now for six months, and so by their own rules, even with COVID, he shouldn't be the U.S. champion pretty soon. Mm. So you know unless it's happening like at New Beginning, or it's happening in the United States. Then really they should they should just move on from Moxley at this point until until COVID's over and he's able to actually wrestle for them on a regular some kind of semi regular basis. They just need to get rid of this briefcase thing and and make whoever is the holder the the champ. Yeah, it, it feels like they've made like a special rule for these circumstances. And Moxley's already dropped the title once because of you know the severe weather with the tsunamis. Or was it typhoon? I think the typhoon wasn't it. 
And it was a typhoon. It was the typhoon, and that was because he mm. already had a scheduled title defense at the time. Oh yeah, that's a point. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's specifically if you've got a scheduled title defense, the title will be defended with or without you. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, they the also fa- have a rule, but they also have a rule for mm. you have to defend it once every six months, and they said they suspended that during the COVID time frame. But what I'm saying mm. is that it's already is that there. I think it's like July or like Feb, like January 24th or something like that. Hmm. Um, well, that's my wife's birthday, so it's probably not quite that time for me, but I just probably have it on my mind. But <laughs> it's right around that time frame where they've been back. So then we're talking about six months would be like January, like the middle of January, end of January. Hmm. So, uh, which I do think it would be quite a smart idea just to knock out a match at the US Dojo. To go, ah, I did defend it, though. Look, <laughs> he did it over there, but he did it. Uh, yeah, again, we've got no idea when he'll be allowed back in. I like to think in kayfabe, they're like, oh, but he's got the belt, though. We can't even get it back from him. <laughs> so he's stuck. <laughs> I like the kayfabe idea of that. Uh, but in reality, he can... Yeah, it's it's a difficult one because we've got no idea in terms of when will like someone from America be allowed, as in a citizen from America, be allowed to travel to Tokyo, especially if he's with AEW and stuff. They don't want him to get... Uh, not say knocked out, but you know what I mean. They don't want him to face any consequences for traveling like that. Uh, the amount of time he would be out is what I was trying to say, because of the uh, quarantines and things he'd have to go through, for, on both right. ends. On both ends, and and I don't know that Tony Khan would allow Moxie to wrestle for another company outside of AEW in the United States. Yeah, so so the big hope people got up with was. Uh, from this promo, specifically because he gave that promo inside the US Dojo ring, uh, that's what got quite a few hopes up of, oh, we could wrestle there. Is, is Tony Khan allowing that? There's no other information <laughs> other than he cut a promo <laughs> right. in the ring. Exactly. <laughs> and, there's yeah. a, and there's a big difference between standing in the ring talking mm. and getting in the ring and do something physical. Mm. You know, you know you're, you're, yeah. you're much more likely to hurt yourself standing in the ring talking. Mm. And it, it was nice because, again, one of the questions uh, Sir Sam put into the preview column was, did I think uh, Moxley was going to appear at Wrestle Kingdom because uh, he wasn't on AEW, uh, even for the, the Brody Lee uh, special show. He wasn't there. Uh, to uh, he, was, he sent in a video. But uh, so there's a bit of speculation of, oh, why did he do that? Oh, is he, is he going to be busy doing something? Uh, yeah, no, he's still in America. <laughs> so Sam had a wild theory that he, he was covering up a photo on the, sorry a picture on the wall behind him and he was like oh is, is that a photo in a hotel room in Japan uh, as someone hit him up going nope that's the photo in their office this is Renee's podcast <laughs> there it is behind her he's at home <laughs> I was like oh okay yeah uh, but yeah well, and 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 also he was announced to be on Dynamite this in their building is, yeah. for Dynamite this week so, so yes. there's no way he, there's no way there's no way he could, he could be in Japan in quarantine mm. and then be back in, in the states in time for a dynamite so it's just not happening yeah which is what i put in the column <laughs> i was like I, yeah he's he's announced for the new year thing <laughs> he can't possibly because yeah. uh, when you hear uh, the talking about the quarantine things like, oh it'd have to be it's only going to be two weeks in japan then he comes back yeah but then he's got a quarantine in america it's a month out <laughs> right, <laughs> right. it's two weeks both ways exactly. yeah and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so that's a month out just to appear at wrestle kingdom and yes, right. if he was going to take that time out, that would have been now. But then, of course, well, he's taking time off for Christmas as well. Like, after the year that everyone's had, I feel like Moxley's deserved a Christmas. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with Moxley. You know, just after losing the title, not appearing on Dynamite, having some time off and coming back. Because that's something AEW promoted they would do, is giving their wrestlers, mm-hmm. like, rotation and times off. 
And after Moxley's had such a strong year, I feel like, yeah, that, that feels like just to give him a month off, recover, then come back and not treat it as a, where's he gone? It's like, no, he lost the title, give him some time off. He deserved it. Yeah, with all, all the shit we've gone through as well. So, uh, but yeah, the match for the number one contendership for that title. The legend versus the veteran, Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima. Uh, the two countering each other more and more as the match progressed. Uh, Kenta resorting to greater measures, uh, but Kojima constantly countering again. Uh, the, the legend was like never really able to capitalise though. Kenta fought back in every time and eventually finally sent him down with a GTS. Uh, but Kenta retains the contract to face Moxley. Uh, but Kojima put in a decent fight. Again, this was a good match on the Wrestle Kingdom card. I feel like Kojima put in a really, uh, a strong showing in the middle of the card. Never believe. I think the thing that hurt it the most was I never believed he was going to win, even though he showed some like strong uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling fight and spirit. He showed that fighting spirit, even though he was never going to win. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that you know, if you, you know, if you, if we had told you coming into Wrestle Kingdom that you were going to see. Satoshi Kojima versus Kenta, and Kojima has almost no chances with this. Is exactly the match you would have, you would have predicted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it felt like a Kenta versus Kojima match. You know, and mm. not saying not say it was a bad thing or that it, you know, but it was, you know, it's it's kind of the the thing that I expected to see going in. We saw, you know, we got the rapid fire, um, chops by Kojima. We got him, you know, with his knee strikes. We got it. We got him like. Setting up for the for the lariat and not able to hit it, and then and then you know falling down to go to sleep. So, you know it was it, and uh, and really, I mean, he had a really strong showing because it took tuba psycho knees and the go to sleep to put him down. You know, yeah. that's mm. you know that that's he you know and and uh, other than you know the cheating that we've seen Kenta do to win some matches with with the briefcase, this is this is probably the toughest. Um, Time, time he's had putting down one of his opponents since he became the briefcase holder. That's the point, actually, yeah. Because uh, it felt like it had that Wrestle Kingdom kind of anti-hyped up where it was going to take more to put the man down. Uh, they sold that in this match, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Also, uh, High Psych had sold in the chat. Yes, H- hello. I don't know how long ago you sent that because I had uh, Jan over the top of you. I apologise. <laughs> I couldn't see the chat. Uh, uh, after this... So, yeah, that was another good match. Because, again... I don't think I wouldn't say anything on this show was bad. It went from good to excellent, and it, it maybe stayed good for one match extra than I thought it would, and the final two were excellent. But yes, yeah, I say solid run of good, then excellent. <laughs> so, uh, an odd one for me to try and put a score on uh, afterwards. Uh, we'll say after this was when we got like a break and we got a load of announcements. Uh, first of all, they're making a video game uh, that was quite a long advertisement uh, with uh, Naito meeting the owner of Bushi Road in a restaurant <laughs> or just uh, having yeah just I don't know how much they were implying Naito had eaten he had a tower of plates next to him is that that's how much mm-hmm. wrestlers eat wrestlers just eat that much <laughs> they're big boys <laughs> they need their fuel uh, but yeah so there's an announcement of a new video game coming out and obviously uh, not long after the announcement of AEW's video game so that's good Getting competition in the wrestling game market. I'm happy for that. The WWE 2K games, I don't enjoy. So it's good to have competition. Yeah, competition's good. Unless New Japan just co- caters to the Japanese market. Possibly. There were no subtitles on that advert. It was purely Japanese and we needed Chris Charlton to tell us what all the fuss was about. <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, you know when that, when that when Fire Pro Wrestling World came out a couple of years ago, I was hyped, all hyped for it. I was going to buy it and I just mm. never did. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
probably should still buy that at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's constantly on sale. Every, it's one of those games that's on sale so often. Uh, I've not bought it either, though. So that, that says something <laughs> about that. Yeah. I'm the New Japan guy yeah, but, for... But, 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 it's got, but it's got, you know, it's got rose to both the heavyweight title and the junior heavyweight title. So, I mean, it's, it's, mm. it could be fun. I think it'd be fun to play. I just haven't ever picked it up. <laughs> uh, also, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's when I've seen it on sale, it's been without the junior heavyweight thing. So I was like, I'm like, well, mm. I still have to... So it's a $50 game, but I still have to pay $20 to buy the game and another $20 to buy the junior heavyweight thing. So now I'm still playing 40 bucks for it, you know? Mm. So. <laughs> Well, I jumped. I jumped on uh, Civilization Six uh, to play with my brother because again we're in Tier Four lockdown, so couldn't see each other over New Year's. So I thought let's play this yeah. video game online with him, and uh, I went onto it, and there's this whole list of leaders have been added to the game who you can play as, and then I found out very quickly. Oh wait, no, each individual one costs four pounds. That can f off. <laughs> Just no, I've got oh, the man. game. Ah, oh, to. I mean, it's, it's a lot of content. I've realised they've, like, doubled the amount of people, but to pay you, like, £4 for each individual one, a bit much, I'll be honest. It's a bit steep. Like, I'm not going to pay that. Like, no. Especially as, to get us all to use them, we'd all need to buy it, and that's, that adds up quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, one of my least favourite things about video games is overpricing the added content a bit. Because well, pe- other, some people are willing to pay it. it. just means poor people like me. <laughs> just like, oh, for God's sake. Uh, anyway... Uh, the other announcement was uh, the that New Japan Pro Wrestling are coming to TV soon in both the US and the UK. No more details than that. Literally, just those words written on there, coming to TV soon in the US and UK. I was like, oh, right. cool. I mean, the fact you're given no details, I'm not expecting anything huge, but that's good to hear. Like Over in the UK, that's not as vital, as I think I brought it before, that the numbers for Impact when TNA were at their height were pretty much the same numbers that SmackDown and Raw were getting on the on Sky for us. So you don't need to be on a massive channel to do really well over here in the UK. At AW, they're on free TV, so they're doing a bit better. But yeah, to do well as a wrestling show here in the UK, you don't need a massive network. Because the fans are hardcore, the fans are there, and it's similar numbers for every wrestling show. Like no WWE are not above the other shows, they're all equal. They're all foreign wrestling. <laughs> so wow. it's, uh, yeah, so it's interesting. Cool. Yeah, it's a fly, go away, fly. Anyway, moving on to the next match, which was the. I, I do, I, I do think that you know, if the I'm, I'm sorry, to, but I, I do think that to have an NJPW show in the U.S., they needed to to do it better than the old show for it to really oh, yeah. make a difference here in the states. Because you know, the, until you know, I mean, for a while, I mean, they did change it up a little bit. You know, for, uh, briefly or not briefly, but from time to time, I should mm. say. But I mean, otherwise, you know, we're talking about like shows that were like a year and a half, two years behind. Yeah. Um, and and so to fo- to try to follow the current product and also follow what happened two years ago, um, mm. you know, the following what happened two years ago doesn't really didn't really get you hyped to like order Dominion or order Wrestle Kingdom or you know something like that so i think that if they that they really need to have it be more timely if they're going to have it make any kind of difference in the us market yeah cuz the issue is they don't have a weekly show it's not a th- you'd have to show the road twos which again wouldn't be against in terms of leading to it as uh, so to see those broadcast on tv cuz sometimes they get broadcast on tv in uh, japan on mm-hmm. what's it asai tv Asha. that's it yep so you see it quite often uh, with those but uh, that's what I do because because they don't have a weekly show, 
what do you put on? <laughs> if it's not a road to, if it's not a, I guess, if you specifically say we will air a show from the past type of thing, not, not as you were saying, uh, catching people up like a year after the things happened. It's like, oh, that's a bit, bit like, <laughs> compared to, I, I guess my best comparison would be during well, the well, lockdown well. when WWE re-showed the Rumble and they say, we are re-showing this type of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even if you were like just chopped up their like if they were to chop a Wrestle Kingdom into into five or six different show weekly shows mm. and then do the same thing with New Beginning, something like that, at mm. least so it's more current than what you know, than two years ago. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. Because I want to say when Ring of Honor first came to TV, I think that was a similar issue where you'd be watching the weekly TVs and then I'd see a pay per view was coming up, and uh, I'd watch the re- weekly TV. Uh, the thing would end and then the pay per view would be like a month or two ahead of the storylines that were airing on the TV. It's like, oh. Yep. <laughs> so that was a bit... Uh, have it in sync. That's my number one thing. Like, Just have it in sync so that they lead into the pay-per-view I'm then going to watch. Because you're trying to sell... At the end of the day, you're trying to sell me something. And if your TV is a, a month or two behind the thing you're trying to sell me, then I need the outside information to purchase the event. Like, I need to see it elsewhere, which isn't good. <laughs> that means that your promotion tool isn't promoting. Because you're a week out. Yeah, so it's an odd one to broadcast like that. And I'd assume if they've got a decent deal, that won't happen. But it, as you said, the last deal wasn't particularly great in terms of like, promoting the current product. Uh, I feel like, yeah, they need to exactly. up that degree. Yeah. But here in the UK, I've not got massive hopes. Uh, I'm, assuming, are you the, I'm assuming you're the same just because of what the last one was like. I am. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that if they're ever going to be you know, to you know, be be a, actually touring in the U.S. with this U.S. show and this U.S. title, and and they, if they really want to get a, a bigger foothold in the United States, they're going to have to do something more current than what they were did last time. Yeah. So, but, but fingers. They, when, and, and I'm going to keep following it either way. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. the, you know, from a business perspective. But fingers crossed. We want to be proven wrong. Obviously, we we want to uh, for it to be generally like a good show, which we want to check out uh, on a regular basis. And maybe the US Dojo will really help with that. But yeah, we just want to fingers crossed <laughs> that it is a lot better than the last effort. They've improved every time with, when they've done the next thing. So uh, I've got better hopes. The question is, how much do they improve? Especially if they want to try and hit those Madison Square Garden heights again, because unfortunately COVID might have just completely killed the momentum for now, and they need to rebuild a bit again. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows what the post-COVID world's going to be like? Anyway, instead of depressing everybody, <laughs> I'll move on to the next match. <laughs> the throat goes, oh, it's dangerous tackers. <laughs> Versus the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, Tanga, Loa. And I've, we- I feel, I'll say weirdly, I've enjoyed the Dangerous Tekkers Championship matches more than I ever thought I would. I... For some reason, I fondly remember their match against... I forgot what they were called. Golden Aces mm-hmm. of, uh, at Jingu. <laughs> that was one of my favourite matches from that show. Uh, just something about the way their matches play out. Where I thought, oh, my, it's just going to be a Suzuki tag. No, it's more than a Suzuki tag. <laughs> I'm losing my voice. <laughs> yeah, so it happens when I watch a good wrestling show. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it was... Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this match. I thought I wouldn't. But I genuinely... This was a really, really strong uh, tag team championship match. Sometimes tag matches aren't that amazing at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, but this was a, a really solid match. Uh, it, I liked the way both teams kind of countered each other in terms of the cheating and the, I guess, outside interference. 
this, they both cancelled each other out, and then it came into like who could be the cheekiest, essentially, to snatch the win or steal the win from the other. And that's exactly what happened. It had a competition of cheekiness. Uh, again, before I go to play by play, uh, Jan, what did you make of this tag team championship match? As I get a drink, <laughs> I think I need it. <laughs> I think Tai Chi has improved so much over the last year, year and a half, and um, and I think that's contributed to Dangerous Techers being a, a much more enjoyable tag team to watch than I thought they would be, and I and 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 much more enjoyable tag team champions than I thought they would be. And this match, like you said, was a lot better than I expected it to be, but not because of them, because of God. Um, when I think of God, a lot of times I, you know, especially since we haven't seen them a lot um, since COVID, really. I kind of still think of them as that slow plotting team they were in those horrible matches against Evil and Sonata, and and I do kind of think this, you know, what what Jim, what uh, Kevin Kelly said during the the commentary on this match was true, and that, and that is that they've gotten better and better since mm-hmm. Jado has been with them. Um, I think they I think they really morphed into a, a really solid, fast paced team that has great offense and and knows how to sell as well so um i'm not sure that they really should be seven time champions <laughs> but i i do i did really enjoy this match a lot and um and i'm looking and, and i and i really wish that they that there was an, a real tag division in the ngpw mm. so we so you know it so it could really matter who would who are those tag team champions from time to time yeah i feel like it really both wwe and new japan their tag team scene sticks out more because of what AEW are doing they it always stuck out because you could sense the lack of depth but when you see AEW and the sheer amount and they're continuing to build to think that they had such a strong division and now they've recently added the acclaimed to it as well. Like, such a strong division uh, in AEW. But then both WWE and New Japan, it's, it's just light. Yes, your teams combating for the titles are good teams, but there's no depth to it. Like, who else is going to challenge for those belts? Is it, It's going to be the same other team they're wrestling, like with the junior tags. If it's not Rapungi 3K, who are they defending against? There's, <laughs> it's just... There's no depth to it, so it's great to see uh, a decent match. But that, but that worry is there to the divisions. Yeah, and you know, I felt that way even since. And I know you said that it's, it's been, you know, it's been um, exacerbated by seeing what we see in in AEW. But I felt this way for years that, you know, there's really the root of the point where there's no point in having the two separate divisions. Mm. You know, they really, you know, they, you've only got four tag teams total in your company. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe five, you know, maybe five, depending on on the time of year. Then you really don't need to have two tag team titles. So I mean, there really should. It's and they could mix up, mix and match the the pairings more often if they would, if more if they would just have one set of tag titles and just combine the two. Mm. And they had a chance to do that a couple, you know, a few years ago when the Briscoes were the were the heavyweight tag champs and the Bucks were the junior heavyweight tag champs. The Bucks challenged the Briscoes for them and the Bucks lost otherwise they could have combined them at that point yeah I remember thinking it was time when their young Bucks were doing that angle and obviously backstage that was never in their minds they liked the two split divisions even though two I, wish they, I wish they could explain to us I wish they could explain to us why so, yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah. Like, I'm not against having the two different styles, and I feel like for Wrestle Kingdom specifically, I guess, for Night 1 and Night 2, you get two different styles of tag match, one slightly quicker than the other. 
uh, I, I guess, <laughs> but it's not like it was like when we started watching in the middle of this decade that's just gone, where you could have a four-way tag match for your junior belts, and then you had you could have a triple threat match for your tag team belts later. It's like, and they're just the teams on the card. We're talking about like seven teams on the card, never mind not on it. Uh, we're not in that era anymore. <laughs> and between the two of them, well, it was like four. Yeah, but yeah, but the era you're talking about, it was Red Dragon, um, Young Bucks, Ricochet, and ACH. And. Um, well, we the time forever, and, the, and, the, and the Forever Hooligans. Yeah, I was thinking of Time Splitters, <laughs> but they pretty much and died. Time... Yeah, they yeah. ended pretty much as that era was beginning. Yeah, yeah well, and Time Splitters, too, they all fit that mold. But when you're talking mm. about. Um, Kanemaru and Desperado, as much as I love Despi, you know, that's, their team is not that much different than the other um, Suzuki Goon tag team. So, mm. I mean, are you really getting a different style? That's a point, yeah. When it was Rapungi 3K versus whoever it was last year, that felt different. Because, of course, Rapungi 3K are like, if, you, if I think of a junior tag team, Rapungi 3K fit that mold perfectly, just like the books did. They are like the mold of that junior tag team. And sure. yeah, there's not oh, well like Ricochet and Matt Seidel as well. Like they were they were just the epitome of that style of division. Whilst uh, now, yeah, if we've got well, we've only got three full time tag teams. And then we've got to do Taguchi and Watto <laughs> challenging tomorrow. But Taguchi has got his own past with those title belts. Uh, a certain you know birth of the Bullet Club. <laughs> He's so ever so slightly got a history with those belts. But uh, yeah, his team with Watto. Obviously, that kind of, for me, shows the lack of depth that they've got in the tag team scene. And, yeah, it's just a shame because you, you see the effort put elsewhere. So, you know, if they did put the effort in, they could get an amazing tag division. And mm-hmm. all I can say is we are, at least in this generation, this era, we are getting to see amazing tag team wrestling. It's just not in New Japan. <laughs> so it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, as a wrestling fan, I'm getting my fill, but I can just tell New Japan, I'm getting my fill. It's just not from you. <laughs> I'm getting it elsewhere. <laughs> so if you're not filling right. that void, someone else is, uh, which, as you see, it goes on, that is becoming one of the best things as a fan. If one place does not fill your appetite for a certain type of wrestling, another one of the top three will. <laughs> so I really like that. Uh, but yes. It, it was oh, yeah. it was a bit bizarre in this match to see mm. you know the heat the heated team of Tai Chi and <laughs> ZSJ be kind of the fan favorites here. Yeah, because just because <laughs> they were up against you know Bullet Club. Yeah, uh, or in terms of two notes as well, uh, this was God's first ever win at the Wrestle, at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom. They've never walked out as the champions, and right. I think in terms of Tamatonga, they even said on air his last victory was when he teamed with Kenny Omega in like a almost young lion early tag team match on the card. Uh, yeah, so it was that like, before Kenny Omega was signed, but like years before he was the cleaner. That was the last time Tamatonga won on this card, and he's, they finally done it. So incredibly, seven-time tag champions, not once have they walked out of Special Kingdom as champions. That's kind of mind-boggling <laughs> kind of stat for those two. Uh, but they've done it. Also, Tamatonga, he's 39. And someone pointed out he looks like a teenager with his clean-shaved look. <laughs> it's just like, he's 39. I'll, I'll, yeah, I keep updating myself. Like, one day I'll get used to clean-shaven uh, Tamatonga. Today's not that I day. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Say when I first saw him, his beard was so long that he did his face paint into his beard. We did that big skull and it would drip into his beard. It looked amazing. Uh, yep. 
Yeah, and now he's completely clean shaven. It's just like oh, it's it's weird. I'm not used to it yet. <laughs> I'll get used to it eventually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, also a uh, Doki entered the Dokio Dome to counter Jado, and uh, like surprisingly, having both of those two out there didn't quell interference. Oh, who would have? <laughs> the idea was one would counter the other. That didn't mean there wasn't constant interference <laughs> because there was. It it didn't stop that at all. And uh, as Jan was just pointing out. Out of the two teams, the crowd seemingly got behind the champions like instantly. Like there wasn't because sometimes in a heel versus heel style of match like this, you'll see how it plays out for a couple of minutes and then they'll naturally swing one way. Here they were like immediately behind the dangerous techers, and maybe it is because what what Jan was saying it's because of who they were against. Like really kind of swung it that way immediately, but yeah, it was like within seconds they're getting cheered and clapped. I say cheered, they're getting clapped for because they can't right. cheer. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we'll say a personal favourite moments from this is Zack Sabre Jr. with a hot tag and charging in sh- shouting fuck you <laughs> as he charges yeah, in. that was great <laughs> that was amazing uh, also uh, the one with the they were the team with the cool counters as well uh, to be fair Zack Sabre Jr. is normally the one with the cool counters but the fact that he's in this semi babyface role whilst doing it was awesome to see it's stopping a super well, well, power yeah, bomb as well yeah yeah. because I'm sorry I, I just want to emphasize that you're um to touch on that briefly he was he was in that kind of semi-babyface role so he was doing his counters a lot quicker than usual mm. it was like there it was like a really really fast paced dsj which we don't normally see yeah i feel like that, that helped shift them into that babyface role just the speed at which they were doing it, it's a bit quicker a lot less stompy stomp <laughs> a lot more like kind of quick cool counters uh, another example was the super power bomb off the top after a Gorilla's Desi kind of slow down Stompy Stomp, they went for a super powerbomb to end the match. And it's like Sabre Jr. just immediately caught the guy in the headlock. And before Taichi came in to help him, and Zack Sabre Jr. is on that top rope, so I think, Taichi, it's, it's Wrestle Kingdom, <laughs> help! <laughs> it's Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, eventually Taichi came over, and by help, he meant, okay, I'll powerbomb my partner. <laughs> and therefore, superplex Tagaloa back in. And yeah, that was a, a cool little spot. Uh, the strikes of Dangerous Techers on display as well. They've always had those awesome strikes, but in this slightly more babyface role, they felt awesome and really upped the pace with them. And the end looking in sight before a mighty gun stun to Zack Sabre Jr., which had the Brit bump him right on the top of his noggin. Uh, hot fire from Taichi uh, wasn't much kinder with Tango Lower landing as dangerous as the suplex name implies. And off come the pants. <laughs> and as close to a cheer. It's, it's quite funny now because he rips off the pants. He amps up, he rips off his pants, and then he gets like a polite applause. Because <laughs> I can't cheer. Uh, it's, it's quite a funny visual. And uh, that, after that, though, out came the Izuka claws. Him taking off his pants kind of turned into a bit of a distraction as Tamatonga had got the claws out of Taiji's bag and Gorillas of Destiny stealing the weapon along with the tag team championships. The two posing upon the dugouts in the crowd as they finally have their big Tokyo Dome win. Sorry, Dokyo Dome win. Uh, yeah, it was yeah much better than I expected. As I said, there was a strong run of good matches, and this was another one just in those good matches low, lower down the card. It was, and, and and you know, so now now they are no longer tied with Ken Cozy as being the um, six-time tag team champions. I was, I was talking about no, they're now the seven-time tag team champions, and we did see both Tenzan and Kojima on this card. So do you, do you think there's any chance that their first defense is going to be against Ten Cozy? I mean, if it's not against a randomly cobbled together team, just like to go against the de- the God, 
I can't think of many others. <laughs> As in, it's a decent opposition for them to face. I've got no idea who yeah. else they would, though. Because as we just talked about, champions of what division? <laughs> there aren't many any teams. Uh, you can cobble well, them together, but... Yeah, well, you know, they usually throw Ishii, Ishii and Yano in there for a match or two. Oh, yes, they do, yeah. I mean, obviously, Yano's going to become king of pro wrestling again. <laughs> we'll uh, get to that in a second, but... Yeah. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, I've not got many notes, I'll be honest. <laughs> It'll be like a quick, okay. oh, by the way, this was on the pre-show <laughs> type of thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, also the, ma- the match, the show opened up with a junior championship match. And I said this in the preview column. I really like the idea of the two junior cup winners from either side of the world coming to face each other at Wrestle Kingdom. And then they get to face the champion on the next night. The only detriment is it having to share essentially share the crazy bumps across two matches neither one sticks out as an absolutely wrestle kingdom incredible match because both are kind of quelled a bit so maybe having that match if they can oh, without the uh pandemic and things you could probably have that match because better super juniors is like back in may kind of time you can have that match like much later in the calendar year uh before wrestle kingdom so you can still have this match but you know not it doesn't have to be on the show uh, but they did kick off the show in junior style, uh, fast-paced and filled with flips and crazy spots. Like, it is a Hero Moon match. Like, who said he'd be holding back given he's wrestling again tomorrow? It's Hero Moon. <laughs> he's still doing his crazy stuff. Uh, ELP with a great show too. Early on, a beautiful moonsault off the ropes to the outside. Uh, just uh, got caught again and again into the flow of the match as he dilly-dallied to take the piss. Also, hello, Karem. Welcome to the stream. Plenty of unique rope-a-dope from ELP, uh, putting the LJ man in deep trouble after a ref bump let him kick Hiramu right in the dick with no hesitation. That was a theme throughout the, this uh, tonight's show. Quite a lot of ref bumps, especially in this early part of the show. Like Almost every match had a quick ref bump. Uh, following up with a big run of Bullet Club callbacks, uh, Styles Clash wasn't enough, the one-winged angel countered. Uh, in the end, going for that one-winged angel is what allowed Hiramu back in. Uh, countering that angel gave him enough momentum to also counter ELP's subsequent attempt at his own finishing move. Can't remember what it's called. Uh, Hiramu rolling over and locking the legs for the pin. On to Taiji, he goes tomorrow. Uh, Jan, what did you make of this opener? Kind of what you said at the beginning is it, it really felt like they were holding back on it. You know, I mean, it, it was a good match, but it was, but it did not feel like anything near what these two guys can put together against each other. Um, you know, there, there were some great spots with the ELP, ELP doing his heel showcase stuff and, you know, his tribute or his mocking of the um, Bullet Club leaders of the past. Uh, he even he even once you know started doing the Terminator dive and then he just kind of stopped in, in the middle of it at one point. Um, <laughs> You know, there, but um, I don't know. I, I felt like it was good, and it and it set up nicely for tomorrow night or tomorrow morning. You know, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> but um, but at the same time, I just I didn't feel like um, I got what I expected out of these two. I just I just feel like they kind of went through the motions a little bit in this one to set up. Um, you know, because you know they kind of Hiromu had to say, kind of save you know himself for tomorrow night's match against Ishimori, and those two guys have had two outstanding matches against each other in the past, of course. Um, the I, I did really love that spot on the outside though, where um, 
where Hiromu went for the the uh, his uh, sunset bomb, mm. and EOP like somersaulted out of it, stepped on Hiromu to get back in the <laughs> ring, and then did his own sunset bomb to Hiromu. And, and then he followed it up with like a, and they followed up with like a, with like a moonsault or something like that after that. Yeah, yeah. Because so. uh, I remember watching that bit. My first thought was, "Yep, here we match. That's his first bump." <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's, it was still, it's a decent opener. But I still slot it into good when I was expecting like really good, uh, and we or all, all great, and we just we just got a good match. Get a fine opener. And, I, and and also like the very beginning of it where ELP was was mocking. Or no, he yeah he was he was you know he had kicked the golden jacket around he was and he was looking around for Juice and Thunder Liger to come rub it in his face, hmm. and then Hiromu just kind of like blindsided him and blitzed him. It kind of reminded me of the start of that match he had against um, Kashida a couple of years ago, and I was thinking, whoa, was he gonna is he really gonna blitz <laughs> ELP here <laughs> like he did Kashida? So that was a nice little callback and a nice little tease there. Until uh, you know, until uh, ELP got out of the time bomb. Yeah, as I said, I forgot about that match. The crowd at that Kushida Hiromu match was <laughs> that was really something else. Just absolute shock. Like <laughs> no one saw that coming. Uh, yeah. The, the, I, I, yeah, I've called that the quickest five star match I've ever seen. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get to another five star performance, uh, which happened in the Rambo. But uh, I want to. Uh, oh, um, I'm joking. I was joking about Yano, okay. <laughs> the yeah. Grandmaster at work <laughs> in that yeah. game of But uh, I want to say uh, to kick off the show proper. Uh, unfortunately for Hiromu and El Phantasmo, someone had already stolen the show before the the music even hit. As the bloke what who what done this year's Wrestle Kingdom song brought out legend Ricky Choshu, who was equipped with his crying grandson and <laughs> the pictures are hilarious <laughs> come off of this it's just Mickey Choshu coming down uh, again a legend of Japanese wrestling to uh, I think someone kind of compared him to Macho Man of his era uh, again because I watched afterwards I just saw the insane level of respect and saw how over he was I don't know obviously out of that era I, can't, I wasn't there to measure them at the time but I know he was incredibly over but he uh, brought down his grandson with him. It's like, oh, that's an interesting moment. But the fact that he's crying his eyes out <laughs> is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it's just, uh, he's trying to do this, like, really, like, it's me, Vicky Joshu, and I'm going to be opening up the show. Isn't this great? But as soon as he enters the ring, he has to put down this child who's bawling his eyes out. <laughs> so it was absolutely hilarious. So just thought I'd drop that note in. And uh, I've talked to Sam about it, and he made the point of, I mean... That was pretty predictable. <laughs> Why would you bring to do, try and do that entrance with a child like that? Uh, yeah, it was quite funny. Anyway, on to the Rambo. So quick notes on the Rambo. Not really a lot to talk about. It was a pre-show match. Uh, it's the uh, New Japan's kind of uh, pre-show equivalent of a rumble. It's just it's like a fun 20, 25 minutes. That you're not, you never really meant, meant to take that seriously. But you're kind of like, oh, you get to see the staging. You get to see the kind of arena and it starts to feel a bit like Wrestle Kingdom and then your viewers start to trickle in kind of thing and this when I watched this one I was like yep that's the Rambo <laughs> like there's, <laughs> there's it, it does really well to never generate any momentum I, I don't know how they do it <laughs> like it doesn't generate any momentum but they, I never come out of it thinking I've totally wasted my time like for me this is if you're going to put a match on the pre-show this is a decent way that they're going to feel uh 
Uh, I know quite a few people tune into these, and I see it in reaction, where they expect a kind of strong finish of competitors or something, or or something of that ilk, or you build it up like you would an American Rumble, like we're going to see like in a month's time or so over here in the West. That's uh, not what the Rambo is. Like, randomly, just a random old vets have just come back and won it randomly. Because uh, there's nothing on the line, <laughs> normally. So, like, why not give a nice moment or something? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really did like the, you know Chase's performance in there. Um, mm. And I thought, it was, and I thought it was kind of cool that they teased us that maybe a young lion was actually going to make the. Oh yeah. <laughs> second, night, <laughs> second night of the show, but of course they all got thrown out in short order by the by the pairing of Chase and uh, and Bad Luck Fale. So, <laughs> but I yeah. but I did think it was kind of cool how they how they had a couple of hope spots there where it looked like they might be able to get Pale out of there and, and actually have one of the four, one of the three of them at least you know survive to the next night. Yeah, and uh, speaking of Chase Owens, I liked how at the start they were really emphasising that he had campaigned to be number one because he was going to be number one, and he's coming out. He's like, "Yeah, baby, I'm number one. I'm number one." Uh, then it's Ishii, Suzuki, and Nagata, numbers two, three, and four. Ah, feck! <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you got your wish, Chase. <laughs> it's just he didn't think, "What if numbers two, three, and four are Ishii, Suzuki, and Nagata?" The answer is you spend a lot of time on the mat. <laughs> it's just. He gave it a good college try. Uh, see, I like that. I, lo- I like that start. He started off hot. However, I forgot whilst I was watching that that it is the Rambo, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Even if it is a nice start, this isn't the Rumble. And uh, we got big eliminations for Toa Hanare. He made his return. Uh, he eliminating both Suzuki and Nagata, and that destroyed my predictions. I had Suzuki to become the king of pro wrestling because <laughs> I was thinking. Who is the most opposite to Toro Yano? Suzuki. That'll be different. <laughs> Just have him do such like serious shoot matches or something to really emphasise the wild difference you'll get in this type in this championship or trophy, whatever it is. I don't really know what it's about. <laughs> well, yeah. well, you know, I didn't. I never. I didn't actually predict who was going to win it, but I. But I did kind of. We talked about it yesterday with Jeff, and I was like, okay, so that so the, probably the top five names that are not in there are Sho, Ishii. Goto and Yano and Suzuki. So four of those five guys will be the the final four. Nope, I got one guy right. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went with I went with Yano, the opposite of Yano in Suzuki, an up and comer in Show, and a big lad in Bad Luck Farley. So, so you got two. Out of, so you got two out of the four. <laughs> yeah, I got two out of the four. That's pretty good. I'm all right with that one. <laughs> Bushi, I guess you swap out Show for Bushi for your junior person. You got Yano in there. Bad Luck Farley. I did not expect the double bullet club stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, it was show. Show's the one that threw me off. Because I just assumed... When he came out, he felt like a big deal as well, with the way he's running out, the way there was a mini pop to his music playing. And just the kind of motivation he seemed to have whilst he's in the ring. Then Farley just dumped him over. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well then. <laughs> was, I thought he'd been... I personally thought Show would be there instead of Chase. But they tease both bullet club guys making it, but they don't actually. But no, they did. So that kind of uh, caught me off guard. Also, Toro Yano winning without even entering the ring. <laughs> so I feel like, oh, that's some mastermind play at work. He's the smartest wrestler there is in wrestling. We are watching a master truly at work. And, uh, yeah, it's the fact then, that it solves itself. And then, and then Fale and Chase are all mad about it because they, they, I think Fale wanted to get some kind of revenge on Yano, so he's all mad about it. It's like, dude, you're the one that threw the three young lions out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll get him tomorrow, Fale. <laughs> you'll get him tomorrow. 
but yes, the Chase you, Owens. You will not, you will not fail to get him, Farley. Uh, see, see what I just did there. Yeah. Good luck, Farley. Uh, that was that was yours worked. <laughs> Mine didn't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so tomorrow it's Chase Owens, Bad Luck Farley, Bushi, and Toro Yano. Uh, they are the ones advancing to night two's opening match for the prestigious King of Pro Wrestling. <laughs> like even Chris Charlton, when he was calling it, calling it prestigious, it just came across as jokey. And the com- other commentators, like Kevin Kelly, was like, "What? It, what? No, <laughs> it's not the most prestigious thing." There. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that. I guess. Kicking off, new, yeah, kicking off the new year in the only way we know how by uh, Jan staying up till like 8am in the morning to talk about Japanese wrestling. <laughs> so, and he's going to do it all again tomorrow. So, thank you for your service, Jan, in staying up and doing this. Of course. And, I, you know, I, and uh, yeah, you know, it's a good start to the year. I think it'll be a better start to the year tomorrow night. I just, I, I just really feel like tomorrow's show is going to be better than tonight's. If I'm, if I'm wrong, then... Um, I don't know. I'm not going to burn my eyes with the hot poker or anything, but I'll admit that I was wrong. Because <laughs> uh, last year they did it with Okada and Naito. It's it's going to be because I feel like uh, Naito and Ibushi, where everyone just pointing out of well, uh, get ready to brace. You're going to see neck bumps, and like it's, uh, I don't know what white and I don't know what white and Ibushi are going to give us. I don't know. I don't know what style, and I'm, I think I think I'm excited for that. So, yeah. Anyway, we're going to do all this again tomorrow, so I won't waffle on too much. Uh, so, uh, again, thank you for Jan for uh, staying up for this. And I'll be back tomorrow as well. Uh, also, don't forget the show starts an hour later tomorrow. At, uh, my time is 8 a.m. instead of 7. But if I'm right, there mm-hmm. is no pre-show. So that'd be why. So technically, the show starts at the same time. It's just because tomorrow's uh, pre-show are, is dark stuff because it's the stardom matches. That's too bad. I kind of wanted to see those, but, you know. Yeah, if I'm right, it's just a rights thing. Because of how Japan's, even though they're also owned by Bushi Road, if I'm right, they they've got their existing contracts, so they can't appear elsewhere. If I'm right, which kind gotcha. of sucks. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've, I've I've often thought, well, why can't they put them on Stardom World? But for some reason, they can't. <laughs> I don't know what the reason is for that. Uh, but oh well. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so starting at eight. Uh, tomorrow will be the rest of the show. We've got the junior tag team matches. We've got the junior tag team match itself. Uh, Evil versus Sanada. The uh, Jay White versus Kota, the now double champion Kota Ibushi. I feel like I'm forgetting the match. Oh, um, big boys, big daddies. <laughs> Jeff Cobb versus Shingo. <laughs> it is, yes, uh, yeah, the big E special. We've got the finals of the KOPW as well. Oh, yes, we got that too. That, that's what we're kicking off with. <laughs> if you're not hyped. <laughs> Kicking off in style with King of Pro Wrestling, something or other, we'll, we'll see. Well, really, this is where the vision that was given out to us, this is the first time we kind of get to see it over the calendar year and what they're really going for. I feel like it's slotted into an undercard role now. I feel like that's kind of where it ended up. So I don't know if it's going to continue with that, if they're happy with it being in that slot. Uh, instead, I guess instead of never six-man matches, you get these matches instead. I don't know if they're better or not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I realise I don't really care for either. <laughs> so I really don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, liking, subscribing, what have you. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn Implicat. You can follow Jan on Twitter at Jan Man L O P. That is correct, isn't it? 
It is. It is correct, yes. I've got it written on the screen, but my preview window is so small I can't read it. <laughs> so it was it. Good intentions. <laughs> they were there. Uh, anyway, I will be back. We'll both be back tomorrow to talk about Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Will it be Switchblade o'clock, or will Bushi have a vein longer than a day? Uh, we know which one's more likely, but we'll wait and see. Gado's had an interesting year in terms of doing things. <laughs> we'll see. What is trusting Gado? In Gado, we trust. Until he goes off the rails. <laughs> so we'll see how long... If he's still if he's still got it. Anyway, so... With that, I say uh, thank you for doing all the interactions and stuff. Uh, I bid you adieu, and Jan bids you... Long days, pleasant nights. Tomorrow, lads. See you tomorrow.